0: Broadcast from the centre of England and in the middle of Texas, the United States of America, this is Anomaly Waffles On, about Monty Python's search for the Holy Grail. Welcome to Waffle On. Uh, what you're about to hear is a Skype call that we made with Jen and Angela uh, a week ago, um, or it could be two weeks ago, whenever we put this out. And uh, it went really well, didn't it, Cal? It, it,
1: it was. Uh, it was certainly interesting. It yeah. went better than we thought it was going to. There was a. It was a bit. Uh, I think we'll be honest, made What we say. It, it seems different than our usual Waffle On podcast.
0: Yeah, because we're talking to other people apart from ourselves. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah who are not uh, rambling brummies.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we had some intelligent conversation going on. Yeah, yeah we're not
1: used to that, but it was, it was good.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's uh, the, yeah. Uh, what you're about to hear will be a, a it's a joint podcast. Um, although anybody who's actually an anomaly listener who listens to us, uh, do download both of them. One because we like to uh, see statistics, uh, but also the fact that they will be different podcasts they're not going to be identical okay the conversation that we have with jen and angela will be roughly the same but i'm editing our show and jen's editing hers so you will actually get two different shows we don't know where they're going to be sticking in their um their samples from the film or their um comments that you listeners have sent in and they don't know where we put in ours. so in essence it is two different shows but a joint podcast and it is going to be called anomaly waffles on about monty Python from the holy grail my voice is going, excellent, oh. <laughs> <clears throat> as well, usual. <laughs> well,
1: should be our listeners now must be used to you so sounding ill every time we ever do it, so it can't be that, it's not that much of a shock, man.
0: I know, it's a, it's a bloody show, isn't it? Atypical, but that, well, we're there. Uh, one thing we didn't get to do uh, when we was recording the uh, show was read out the emails, because obviously that would have just taken up way much time, so I'm going to read out the emails now. We had three emails come through. Uh, Hi, meds. My memories of Holy Grail are twofold. One is learning verbatim, the whole sketches, uh, like we are the knights who say knee, with a path running down the middle and a two-level effect, and a French taught in one too, UMG headed animal food trough wiper. And the other is the encounter with the black knight. This was particularly memorable to me as I nearly choked having an asthma attack, laughing at all the blood squirting out of the knight's severed limbs. Hilarious and deadly stuff. It was also one of the first films I rented on VHS when I was 12 or so. And I remember walking the mile and a half back with my rewound tape making the coconut noises. Fun memories. And their quotes too. So many memorable quotes, they are still used between me and my friends. Burner, burner, she's a witch. Not Not aimed. Of course, at Jen and Angela. My, my likes are the first half of the film. My dislikes are the ending. Uh, it's almost as if when we were they were filming in Scotland, it was so cold and miserable that they just gave up, thinking of a funny ending, so they could just leave Scotland as it is a silly place. Holy Grail rates number two in my Monty Python film rankings. Number one being Life of Brian, obviously more budget and better weather helped there. Cheers from Jan. Our uh, second email was sent in by Richard, Holy Grail is my favourite Python film for many reasons, the main one probably being that it's the most honest and straightforward of the films, and in respect that like the TV series it just comes across as a bunch of students being silly, no clever hidden meanings or anything like that, and I personally think it's got the best lines. I literally don't go a week without saying something from it in random fashion. I also dig the many performances of Michael Palin, the star of the show. Also, I'm really pleased some of my favourite bands co-financed it. That is really super cool. But uh, there you go. Uh, our final email, which was sent from uh, Joe, who's uh, another long-time fan of uh, Waffle On. Joe Cummins from uh, London. Hi, Joe. It's nice to uh, hear off you yet again. How are you, is cyan. Cal. Uh, not sure... Oh, sorry. Mm. Uh, Medicine kel
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail comments from Joe Cummings. Believe it or not, given that I am a long-time Python fan, this was, in fact, the first time I had seen the film all the way through. Shameful, I know, but there you go. I was going to say a Holy Grail virgin, but I thought better of it. So, to the film, what I loved about it was Dentist on the Job, and the entire opening sequence, sub two Moose. Uh, The opening shot of King Arthur, expecting him to see him on horseback, but instead seeing him and his servant hitting coconut shells, was again inspired. Yet again, in typical Python style, we jump from this scene, which is funny, to a short shot of a dead man on the back of a cart. This showing the reality, though it is a surreal film, of what life was like, i.e. life and death, were far closer bedfellows than many historical films like to portray. Python history is not seen through rose-tinted glasses. Sure, the glasses may be made of jelly, but it's what I love about much of their work. Surreal though it may be, it is rooted in reality, however dark or awkward that can be. Amongst my favourite moments include Excalibur and the strange woman lying in ponds. Now, Given that the film was shot on a very tight budget, it certainly made the most of things. The shots of the forest in particular are simply stunning and reminiscent of the Fisher King, atmospheric and powerful. I did chuckle when it was over 20 minutes into the film and the quest actually gets mentioned. Cleese talking in frangalese was wonderful to hear in full, as I have heard quotes over the years, such as, go and bore your bottoms, you sons of a city person, I blow my nose at you, and I fart in your general direction, etc., etc. The other recurring theme was breaking the fourth wall, e.g. the famous historian in present day, and Zoot in Castle Anthrax turning to the camera asking us, the audience, how we felt about that scene. OK, I have to admit to falling for Sir Galahad. Well, OK, a young Michael Palin. What a guy. Too many funny moments to quote, so I will focus on other aspects. The direction was impressive, the wide-angle shots, e.g. with Tim the Enchanter, and the magnificent shot of the cast walking along the hillside with a close-up shot of the skull, so it gave the impression that they were walking out from it. One thing that did surprise me was that I read the film was produced between the 3rd and 4th Python series. I always thought it was filmed much later in 1979. The other but most important aspect for me was what a brilliant actor Chapman was. I know I've read the stories of him apparently being far from sober, but if that was what he was like sloshed, then just imagine what he would have been like firing on all cylinders. I love all the team in this, and the TV shows that I know and love, but Graham Chapman does shine as the better. I do recall being very sad when he died, and watching his performance in Holy Grail, it makes me also sad that we have lost not just a gifted writer and comic performer, but also a fine actor who had plenty more to give. Jo from Castle Anthrax in Sweden. Actually, she's from London. Here's the synopsis. That's a weird word to say <laughs> when you've got a bunged up nose. Synopsis of the film Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay, the it uh, was wrote and uh, the final script was done on the 20th of March 1974. It cost to make £229,575, which is not a lot of money. Um... The film starred the whole Python team, and Graham Chapman took the lead role as King Arthur and the Voice of God, John Cleese as Sir Lancelot and Tim the Enchanter, Terry Gilliam mainly as Patsy and the Soothsayer stroke the Bridgeman, Eric Coyle as Sir Robin, the deck Collector, Terry Jones as Sir Bedivere, Michael Payne as Sir Galahad. Michael Payne actually has the most um, parts in this film. Neil Innes as Sir Robin's minstrel, Connie Boob as the Rich, Carl Cleveland as Zoot, and that's the main cast. The whole principle of the film is Sir Arthur is seeking to find knights for his round table. Uh, As he goes along, he suddenly finds himself without a horse, hence the reason why they're using coconuts. Interesting point here, people think that um, the main reason for that is because they couldn't afford horses, they couldn't afford horses, but Michael Paling and Terry Jones actually wrote that as a sketch before they even did the first draft. Uh, That's uh, another strange fact. Grand Chapman's King Arthur comes across I think it's uh, Sir Bedivere first as they're trying to uh, figure out what's going on with the witch and then he finds the others they then get the mission from God to go and find the Holy Grail this is when they suddenly meet the French tortoise and inform them that they already have one of course they don't they're just French uh, off they go and as they come along they find Tim the Enchanter they find different kind of things They get to the end and the ending is rubbish there you go that's about the synopsis of the Holy Grail <laughs>
1: well let's finish about it if you don't know the story of King Arthur and Holy Dale, and you're from Britain or America you ain't gonna, you're never going to know it are you
3: As you can hear, we have Meds and Kel on the other line over in England. Those English types over there, the English pig dogs. (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) That's not very (laughs) (laughs) nice. I fought in your general direction. (laughs) No, that's not
0: something you get told (laughs) every (laughs) day.
3: And I can remember clearly in high school, being in the honors English class, being surrounded by a bunch of guys quoting some stupid movie. (laughs) And I had no idea what it was they were talking about. And they kept going on and on and on trading these quotes. And everyone thought it was funny except for me (laughs) because I'd never seen the movie they were talking about. And then um, it wasn't until I met David, my husband, that I had actually he introduced me to the movie and I got the joke. I thought it was funny. And and so that's my first experience. I don't know why. I mean, I, I think it's funny, but I'm not a fan of slap, a lot of slapstick comedy. Like David loves Hot Shots, and you know that those dumb movies with you know everything's a <laughs> silly a, a spoof, you know. Mm-hmm. But this movie is funny to me, and I'm not sure why. It, it really it's it's kind of a, an enigma, but because um, there's certainly I don't know if y'all y'all are familiar with Saturday Night Live in, yeah. here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you watch that. There are going to be scenes that, you know, there are going to be uh, segments of, of that show that are absolutely hilarious. And then there are a bunch of, like, horrible scenes that I would rather not watch, and I turn it off by that time. And, you know, it's hit or miss. And with this thing, it's it's just funny all the way through until the end. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, stupid. <laughs> I think that I agree with you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so i fell asleep last night because angela and i were watching it together i drove to her house we probably lived probably the same distance as you and kel yes yeah. and, and um i we went to her house i went to her house and i watched the movie and um right about the scene the rabbit killed everybody or you know started going nuts i fell asleep right after that because from that point on it became boring to me <laughs> uh, so, but you, you thought that was the ending but it was not i did there's still know, more funny like, stuff after that It it was. I remember the, the, well, I don't remember anything else after that. I just, it it was lights
4: out for me. I don't know what it was. Well, that's okay. We'll, we'll just blame the pregnancy, I guess. Yes.
5: (laughs) Hold! Who goes there? It is I, Arthur, son of Uther Pendragon from the castle of Camelot, king of the Britons, defeater of the Saxons, sovereign of all England pull the other one. I am, and this is my trusty servant Patsy. We have ridden the length and breadth of the land in search of knights who will join me in my court at Camelot. I must speak with your lord and master. What, ridden on a horse? Yes. You're using coconuts. What? You've got two empty halves of coconut and you're banging them together. So? We have ridden since the snows of winter covered this land. Through the kingdom of Mercia, through... Where'd you get the coconuts? We found them. Found them? In Mercia, the coconuts tropical. What do you mean? Well, this is a temperate zone. The swallow may fly south with the sun, or the house martin or the plover may seek warmer climes in winter, yet these are not strangers to our land. Are you suggesting coconuts migrate? Not at all. They could be carried. What? A swallow carrying a coconut? It could grip it by the husk. It's not a question of where he grips it. It's a simple question of weight ratios. A five-ounce bird could not carry a one-pound coconut. Well, it doesn't matter. Will you go and tell your master that Arthur from the court of Camelot is here? Listen, in order to maintain airspeed velocity, a swallow needs to beat its wings 43 times every second, right? Please! Am I right? I'm not interested. It could be carried by an African Swallow. Oh, yeah, an African Swallow may be, but not a European Swallow, that's my point. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Will you ask your master if he wants to join my court at Camelot? But then, of course, uh, African Swallows are non-migratory. Oh, yeah, so they couldn't bring a cousin up back anyway. Wait a minute, supposing two Swallows carried it together? No, they just have it on a line. Well, simple. They just use a strand of creeper, what held under the dorsal guiding feathers. Well, why not?
4: Well, I started watching it in high school too, but I actually watched it with all because I had all my theater geek friends. And, of course, we would go around talking in British accents. It it was very annoying to everyone, I'm sure, Um, because that's just how we were. And when we actually had script to go from, that was even better. So um, we watched it, and then it was just pretty much an un... I was one of those nerds that was quoting it incessantly, and um, each of our group of friends, you know, basically had a scene that we knew, and we could act out the entire thing when I was in high school, and... I've also noticed too; it's like a good bonding thing for geeks, because um, I think there is a certain type of person who 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 uh, likes the movie and enjoys it. And also, I find that I enjoy. Talking about it almost more than I enjoy watching it, I realized last night, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. do enjoy watching it, and I do have a lot of fun, but I think that's why it makes a perfect co- podcast topic is because it's going to be, you know, we're, we're kind of starting a little more clinical here, but I think it's going to be more fun talking because I'm almost scared to start coding because I know we're going to go nuts. So-, <laughs> 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 so that was my first experience. Okay, gentlemen.
5: None shall pass. What? None shall pass. I have no quarrel with you, good sir knight, but I must cross this bridge. Then you shall die. I command you, as King of the Britons, to stand aside. I move for no man. So be it. Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Well, what's that, then? I've heard worse. You liar. Come on, you pansy. Ha! Victory is mine. We thank thee, Lord, that in thy mercy. Ah! Oh. Come on then. What? at you? you are indeed brave tonight, but the fight is mine. Oh, and enough, eh? Look, you stupid bastard! You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. It's just a flesh wound. Look, stop that. Chicken. Chicken! Look, I'll have your leg. Right! Ooh. Right, I'll do you for that. You what? Come here! What are you going to do, bleed on me? I'm invincible! You're a loony. The Black Knight always triumphs! How about you? Come on, then. What? All right, we call it a draw. Come, Pepsi. Oh, oh, I see. Running away, eh? You yellow bastards. Come back here and take one's coming to you. I'll bite your legs
0: off. Mine was uh, uh I think I saw it on BBC two, which is a uh a terrestrial T V station in England. Um around about nineteen eighty two, something like that. Um so I was about nine. I was already a massive Ponty Python because mum and dad always used to uh, have it on, and I have all the books. Uh, I have about fifteen uh, Python books, uh, and I was bought them when I was young. I had the scripts, and I used to take them to school. And I bought the first video that I had. Um, I it was actually live for Brian, and then I another something completely different. And I bought my mom um, the Holy Grail uh, uh, film. Here we
1: go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, you, 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 there's a theme going on. You know, about, you see, he bought um, every present that he wanted. No, uh, that's, he did it for years. He, i go, what you bought your mum? I'd be some like horror, deep, horror video. But your mum don't <laughs> like horror films. <laughs> so, absolutely outrageous.
0: Uh, I go should on. point out that my mother does listen to this show. Um, yes. and I, I didn't buy it deliberately for me. I did buy it because she liked Life of Brian, and I thought, well, she's going to love yeah. uh, oh, Holy Grail. And um, uh, she didn't. Uh, she gave it me back uh, about two days later. But, Imagine I'm
4: that. Your plan... I-
0: <laughs> uh, so, so I had that, and uh yeah, so then, of course, I watched it incessantly, and uh, I actually as well, um used to rent it out at school for 50 p a time, and I made a lot of money because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that no one was no obviously because he was a, I think it was a 15 or something like that, and he was only twelve and um and uh, yeah, so that's that's how I saw it, but uh, yeah, it was first on television, and then when i my mum gave it me <laughs> for a a, a birthday. Present. <laughs>
5: I'm the witch, may we burn? How do you know she is a witch? She looks like one. Yeah, 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 Bring her forward. I'm not a witch, I'm not a witch. But you are dressed as one. They dressed me up like this. And this isn't my nose, it's a false one. Well, what well, we did do the nose. The nose? And the hat, but she's a witch. Yes. Did you dress
2: her up like
5: this? No. 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 Yes. 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 A, bit. Yeah. A, bit. a bit. A bit. A bit. A bit. She has got a wart. What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. I got better. Burn her! There are ways of telling
6: whether she is a witch.
5: Mother! Oh, well, they tell her! Tell me, what do you do with witches? Burn! 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 And what do you burn apart from witches? All witches! Wood! So, why do witches burn? Because they're made of wood. Good! Oh yeah. <laughs> so, how do we tell whether she is made of wood? Built a bridge out of her! A... Ah, but can you not also make bridges out of stone? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah cool. uh... Uh, does a wood sink in water? No! No, no it floats! It floats! Throw her no, into the pond. <laughs> what also floats in water? Bread! Apples! Uh, very small rocks! Cider! a great gravy, cherries, mud, churches, churches, lead, lead, a duck, mm. exactly, so logically, if she weighs the same as a duck, she's made of wood, and therefore, a witch, a we
1: should use my larger scales. Oh, I think myself, I've got, weirdly, I've got no recollection of ever first watching it. I just always, always seem to have watched it. I think it's probably you this is. I mean, <laughs> <it is. laughs> i've got to say because I, it's just like i remember going to school when i was about 11 and then all of a sudden everyone knew everyone knew it the old school was talking about holy grail i don't know ever watching it and i don't think i watched it for a couple of years later but i knew everything about it from everyone quoting it and you bringing your books in and then and then mm-hmm. we got into watching videos me and you and then that's it i just always always watch monty python i just it's supposed to in being in england you're just around it all the while Would you say that as well, Mids? It's just there, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those. uh, I mean, you mentioned Saturday Night Live earlier, Jen. I mean, for us, I suppose, our closest to that would have been Python to a certain degree. And Michael Paley was, uh, I think, a recurring guest. I think he's been on there about six times as a Mm. guest host on Saturday Night Live. Mm. Um, So I I suppose that's that's our equivalent where Monty Python is is something that we all know because we're all brought up with it. And I suppose it's a little bit more of the norm.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't understand that. Mm. That's how that's how Star Wars was for me.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. right, really? It oh, just yes.
4: always existed. <laughs> yeah, it's just
1: always been there, hasn't it? It's like Monty Python in mm. this country. It's like Monty Python Carry On. You know, yep. they're just yes. always yeah. there,
4: always there. I to, do I have a strange know. question: Is the comedy pretty consistent with the rest of Python?
1: Uh
0: oh, about the TV series? Uh, yes. No, well, I would, I, no,
1: I, I would,
0: wouldn't say so, no. No, I, I think there's, you go back, because bear in mind it's like uh, 1969. Um, mm. A lot of it is very dated because it's the scenario of, um, like we joked earlier on about imagining people in Texas walking around with like, you know, uh, Stetsons and riding horses. Everything in Python, if you're a, a bank manager or if you're a tax somebody who works for a tax office, everyone wears bowler hats, carries an umbrella and wears black suits. Uh, Now, of course, in 1969, in in London, in the the financial district, yeah, everyone did wear bowler hats and walked around with a number. Of course, nowadays, no one does. So unfortunately, it is quite dated, but... There's also uh, sketches such as the parrot sketch, the cheese shop sketch, um, mainly Chapman and, and Paley's sketches, where it's history based, which it isn't dated, so it, it does stay consistent. Mm. But if you was to watch the four series of Python, you know I'd probably say a good forty-five percent of it yeah. is not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: And some of the satire is just completely lost now because they're all very, they're all very middle class people anyway. They come from the footlights, very, mm. you know, Oxford University. So a yeah. lot of it, is just, it doesn't mean anything anymore, does it? Because no. the class system in this country has sort of gone away now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was all basis of uh, satire, which I do have to point this out because it's a waffle on tradition. They all came from David Frost. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and that was the major satire uh, program. So it's mm. very satirical. But yeah, if you go back and, and be honest, with I mean, I'm a huge Python fan. And uh, to be a, a true fan, you have to be critical as well. I mean, let's face it, we're all critical of Star Wars and, and right. Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> and um, and yeah, 45% of it is is pretty just not funny. You know, you sit there and think, did anyone find it funny? And even to their own uh, own acknowledgement, uh, you read the books, uh, they will turn around and say, John Cleese is very critical, will turn around and say, you know, there's probably only, if you could poll it, two good series of of Python, and that's probably series two and half of series three.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. It's also kind of yeah. racist too. <laughs> we have oh. we have the fi- the final ripoff, you know, the CD that has yeah. all the songs and stuff on it. And I mean the one that pops out to me is like, I like Chinese, <laughs> and that song is horrible. <laughs> if you know if you know the song, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But, but, but they are
0: cute and cuddly and ready to please. You, yes. <laughs> you go to any Chinese <laughs> restaurant, they're always cute and cuddly and ready to I
3: please. I like the sexual
4: humor to be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think on the the final whip of it, has, has that got the medical love song on it? Um, uh, where it start so. it start is this no what they're we giving? Is it, it starts off with uh, inflammation of the foreskin reminds me of your smile.
2: Oh! No. <laughs>
4: <laughs> See, and I like the song that starts that horrible scene in uh, Meaning of Life uh, when he's on the piano uh, before that big giant guy blows up.
0: Ah uh, yes, yeah, that's the penis the, song. The penis song. in the style of Mel Coward. That
4: that's that's pretty awesome.
5: Camelot, Camelot, Camelot. It's only a model. Shh. Knights, I bid you welcome to your new home. Let us ride to Camelot. <laughs> We're knights at the round table, we dance where we're able We do routines, to call the scenes, to put work in cable We dine well here in Camelot, we eat ham and jam and scram a <laughs> We're knights at the round table, our shows, our war, we table So many times we give them rhymes to the our dancing and sing able We rock and in Camelot, we sing from the diaphragm. I have to push the No, so on second, thought,
7: let's not go to Camelot. It is a silly place. Right.
4: Right. And I was also thinking you mentioned John Cleese. It seems to me that John Cleese and Eric Idle, especially, we see a lot of them in mm. general here.
0: yeah, um, oh, they, they both live there, don't they? We, we, me and Kel have a bit of an issue with, uh, with Eric Idle. Uh, oh, Kel, really? So you want to say that's
1: what? Not such a big fan, really. Oh. I, I, just point, I, just, no, I don't know. He, he's the Python. See I'm doing that myself. You said Python? I know, oh, yeah. Think... I don't know why. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, think, you know, me, I always, always want to be American, and that's what it is. So. <laughs> Traitor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think he's the one who's flogged it to death. Um, you get your meds as well. He's just yeah. the one who goes, like, He's been going on the ch- chat shows for twenty years, and also he's he's he's, a, he's got this strange accent as well now, like a Lloyd Grossman, this mid mid Atlantic accent where it's half American and half British. Mm. And he's think we just just don't like that. We want want, him, want our pythons to be like Michael Palin. <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs>
1: Fair you'd, enough. You probably, probably wouldn't get that, but being in, you know, being in Britain, he, he's not seen as the most popular of the Poitons.
4: No, about. I I find that interesting. I seem to, uh, for me personally, I like John Cleese. I just find him hilarious. Yeah,
3: but we <laughs> see him more often. We're f- more familiar with him as an actor because mm-hmm. of the films he's been in. Yeah. So that's true.
4: Okay. okay. Well, should we move on to our personal favorite quote? To um, Uh, For each of us, I I think the roundtable idea is probably the best way to get around some of the Skype issues, even though it's Mm -hmm. not quite as fun. Um, But I I think if we kind of go around again and and talk about... And you have to narrow it down to the very first one, your number one, numero uno quote. Go, Jen. Oh,
3: my gosh. Why do you always put me on the spot? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I used to like the bring out your dead scene. But... When I was watching last night, it struck me that my favorite scene ever is the um, the one where they're talking where they have the minstrels following (laughs) Robin singing, (laughs) singing songs of how great he is. And then and then they go into all the things that are horrible things that are going to happen to him. (laughs) I memorized I I learned to sing that song this morning. So (laughs) that's my quote. And I, I recorded it ahead of time because I cannot sing it without laughing when I have an audience.
4: I think you so, should try,
3: and you can always cut it in. I'll re- I'll sing the first part. Okay. Uno momento. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't
3: do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also difficult because I just had yogurt. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> sure, you sure. Choir, you, know, you never drink or eat dairy products before you sing. Bravely bold Sir Robin rode forth from Camelot he was not afraid to die oh brave sir robin he was not at all afraid to be killed in nasty ways brave 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 sir robin he was not in the least bit scared to be mashed into a pulp or to have his eyes gouged out and his elbows broken to have his kneecap split and his body burned away and his limbs all hacked and mangled brave sir robin his head smashed in and his heart cut out. His liver removed and his bowels unplugged. His nostrils raped and his bottom burned off. And his penis split and... That's... That's, uh... That's enough music for now, lads. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that part. I think it's hilarious. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. And then I love the looks over his shoulders <laughs> that Sir Robin's giving the minstrels when they get horrible. <laughs> like, this one part where they're, like, talking about his eyes gouged out and his elbows <laughs> broken and his and knees ch- cast... His kneecap split, and he's like looking over his shoulder, at I'm like, "What the heck? Is he? <laughs> I like too when
4: they when they approach the three headed knight, and he says, uh, "What are you doing? Uh, what do you want
3: to fight?" <laughs> uh, no, <nope. laughs> and then they go into the song about him running away, and he's like, "I'm not running." <laughs> <laughs> no, no.
0: <laughs> I was stunned by the wonderful Neil Innes as well, who was the uh, the guitarist from the Bonzo Dog Doodar band. Uh, back in the 60s with uh, Nutter Vivian Stanshaw. If you ever get a chance to uh, um, Google Vivian Stanshaw, please do, because the man and, is a legend. And
4: he's the guy playing the mandolin?
0: <laughs> yeah, Neil Innes. Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. He's, uh, does all the music for the pythons. He actually wrote a proper soundtrack for uh, Holy Grail as well. That was uh, very much in a medieval style, but they uh, kind of rejected it because it stopped the flow of the comedy.
4: Ah, uh, I understand. It's pretty much about the comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all about the comedy. Okay, Who's next?
2: Uh, You, you go.
4: (laughs) Me go? Okay, Angela, go? Okay, this is my quote. I love this. Listen, strange women lying in ponds, distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. That's my favorite quote. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my wonderful accent. <laughs> it
1: was very good. That's pretty good, because that's my favorite scene as well.
4: <laughs> uh, it is. I could watch that scene over and over yeah. again. Uh, my friends Colin and Mike um, in in high school, that was their scene, their official scene. Of course, me and all the girls did the uh, Castle Anthrax scene, because that's kind of where we're limited, Um too <laughs> but oh my uh God, yeah that
0: never happened to us at school why <laughs> kelly <What laughs> oh <God. laughs>
4: this was in theater oh. <laughs> it's a oh. little different atmosphere <laughs> but anyway so yeah that that was calling Mike's scene and i it, it left me laughing every time i saw it every time i heard it every time i think about it and it's even funnier and funnier the more i learn about politics and and uh everything they say is just it just cracks me up i just love it love it
1: i and interestingly, the thing for them, I think that was what the, the, that was their their university politics coming out there. Because uh-huh. they're, all, they're all Republicans. Mm. And I think that was at the time when that film came out, there was a lot of talk about the royal family. We had like, the Sex Pistols uh, mm. doing songs about the monarchy. So there was a lot going on around about that time. And that's why I thought they liked a bit of an integrity into it. I love all the silly stuff, but I love their wordplay. Yeah, about, I'm really into my politics. So I really love all that stuff.
4: Oh, that's neat. I am too, so we, we try yeah. to keep away from politics on the show, but, but oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah. try to keep no 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 no. I, I think it's awesome. I almost wish we didn't. We Jen and I have been trying to con cons- go try to find a way to talk about politics without talking about politics because that's what <laughs> sci fi is for, you know? Anyway, sorry, yeah. that is a tangent. But
1: Yeah. that's waffle <laughs> <answer> that. <laughs> on oh. No, Talk about Star Trek being communists exactly <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. Uh, no, no, no 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 no
4: that's for another podcast <laughs> okay alright guys who's next
0: uh, Cal shall I go go on Vince alright well actually my, my my quote is um. it's a little bit it's not long uh, it's not any of the knights uh, it's uh, from uh, the big uh, the big man himself it's the quote from God um, <laughs> who, uh, who uh, I am reading this so I do put it out I don't, I'm not saying it from memory and I'll, I'll do the Arthur bit as well because uh Arthur, Arthur, king of the Britons. No, oh, don't grovel. Do get up. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's people grovelling. Sorry, I don't apologise every time I try to talk to someone. Is it? I'm sorry. Listen, I'll oh, forgive me that, and I'm not worthy. And just stand there. What are you doing now? I'm averting my eyes, my lord. Well, don't. It's like those miserable psalms are so depressing. Now, knock it off. Yes, lord. There you go. So that's my.
1: Yay! that really well mids, so I tell you what <laughs> that <was> <laughs> awesome
0: <laughs> I, that was... I love that I really do and uh, obviously voiced by Graham Chapman in the, in the <laughs> yeah, film my John, uh, <laughs> my yeah my favourite my
1: favourite Graham Chapman yeah oh yes um, all the Graham Chapman stuff is the best stuff in it personally there you go because that's Forget my massive it. Chapman there you go well, I'd, well I'll, I'll start by saying I don't do quotes oh okay <laughs> right, no, I don't do it it's just, I've got, I just don't that's it's, okay it's not, because being at school, that's all you know, I had seven years of quotes. So, <laughs> my favourite two bits, my favourite two bits are the bit that you've already talked about, but my other bit, my favourite bit is the song about Camelot. Just because <laughs> I love the song where it goes Camelot and it rhymes it with, I like to push the pram a lot. <laughs> And a lot of the way they're doing all that song and it goes back outside and they go, We're gonna go, and then Arthur goes, No, let's not go there. It is a city place. <laughs> and that is my favorite bit. Like the small bits. Yeah.
4: <laughs> That's awesome. This may be a good place. I don't know how y'all are gonna do it, but
3: we could play play the quotes that we've we've gotten. All right, meds, do you remember what we were gonna say to, to lead in? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah.
0: Message for you, sir. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think I
0: you actually my, my, uh have been my friend, mortally wounded. I should yeah. put out my friend Kev, my our friend Kev, uh, his text message uh, alert on his uh, mobile stroke cell phone. He's actually that. So whenever he gets a text message, he just goes, message for you, sir.
4: No, I
0: want <laughs> that.
2: I
4: need it. That's awesome.
5: I need it. That's awesome.
3: that asked questions was Mike from London. He's their mascot.
0: (laughs) Message for you, sir.
8: Hello, guys and girls of Anomalon, or the Waffly podcast. Actually, Waffly podcast works quite well. Nice to hear that you're working together, though I guess I'm going to get this down on two feeds now, and does that mean I listen to it twice? That's the question I'm going to have to answer. So you're looking at Monty Python stuff, and to a degree I could be a little bit surprised. By that. I, not a surprise for Waffle On, I? I know how it works over here, how it sits in the mentality and the consciousness, certainly the Brits. I know Monty Python's popular in the States, I'm sorry if we're talking about the States, Monty Python instead of Monty Python, but I've never quite understood why, and whether it's because that's what Americans think British humour is, and think it's funny that the British find it funny, or whether it is just that small part of British humour that actually appeals, you know, crosses over the the Atlantic and actually does work in the U.S. as well. I don't know. It's always been vaguely fascinating to me, um, not in any serious way, but just trying to understand why on earth this this works on both sides of the Atlantic. So, so little does. So much, you know, so much of of the humour of the two countries is different. So it's interesting the way this this goes through. Actually, it's a a film speaking personally that I've only seen once so I can't say I'm intimately acquainted with it but having said that I actually find you know on and off you can quote quite a bit of it and some of this comes out at work somebody had a packet of minstrels doing the rounds well not doing the rounds it was the guy who sat behind me I think it was last week sometime and uh, minstrels are small circular chocolate things for you guys in the US if you don't have them over there Um, I think they're probably British invention but obviously you have one of those, and a voice from over the screen cries out with, ah, they're eating Sir Robin's minstrels, and lo, there was much rejoicing. And things like that are just standard standard reposts in the office, you know. It's just the, the way life goes on, and the things that are said. So African swallow, the European swallow is, is another one that always comes out, though, you know, it's generally converted to whatever you happen to be talking about in a conversation, and Standard line for everything is, is the, I don't know, I can't think of a context, but the the line where they're uh, coming up outside, it must be a French car, looking for a holy grail, and you get the response of, no thanks, we've already got one, in some sort of faux French accent. Uh, I find I use that one quite a bit in various contexts, certainly in the office, maybe not at home, I'm not sure uh, what my wife would, would think, I don't even know if she's seen the film, but... It's just interesting to me how so much of the stuff that that these guys have written, either in the films or even in, in their general work, has crept into the consciousness. You know, I can well believe that some of these phrases will carry on long after the films have been forgotten. Anyway, I think I've started waffling now, which is probably appropriate to the show, but I've got other things to do this evening. So I'll leave you with that. As I say, I look forward to hearing the result. I'll be interested to see... Particularly the US take on it. I mean, the, the stuff that uh, I'm sure Meds will, will put out in, in the research on it is, is going to be interesting too, but uh, what what the anomalous view of the way Monty Python works is, I think, going to be particularly interesting. As I say, it's always been a fascination in the in the US take on this stuff. So have a good recording, you guys. I'm sure you'll hear from me again. Cheers. And yeah, I do say cheers every time, and no idea why, but mm. I've only started doing that since I once pointed out to Angela that we never say cheers in this country. So it's Angela's fault.
3: But he wants to know, Angela, why Americans find this so funny. Because it's, you know, there's always this big deal made about how the humor in um, Britain and the humor in America is so different.
2: And
4: it it is. And
3: that's why why is it something that can cross over? Why is it something we find (laughs) funny and have latched onto and have made some type of, like, geek classic? Well,
4: First of all, I think that it kind of goes to the conversation I asked, what I asked earlier about how if it's consistent with some of the other humor that Monty Python uh, has, Mm -hmm. and that's why I asked is because some, most of what I've seen otherwise of Monty Python, I have not been impressed with, and so that's why I don't know why I find this funny. I think that Americans, it's not that Americans like it, it's certain types of Americans like it, just like any other kind of humor, you know? Mm and and i think it's also i you know it, it's really funny in retrospect too that's why and cuz you can you can um strike up conversations about it and you can you can connect with people if you are stuck in an elevator and the other guy happens to like my new python you're going to have a much more pleasant time yeah in that elevator (laughs) than you would if they didn't. (laughs) Right. I mean, there's just certain things you can
3: connect with people. I don't know. That was kind of a serious answer. Sorry. Well, no. Well, I think also the fact that the story is something we're familiar with. Right. That's true. They're they're lampooning. So it, you know, oftentimes the, the humor that, that is, you know, the difference between our humor and your humor is the cultural, you know, references that we don't understand. So, Maybe also,
4: sometimes it's just the silliness. I mean, we're silly. It's silly mm-hmm. stuff. There's some silly stuff in there. Um, yeah.
5: Hello! Hello! Who is it? It is King Arthur, and these are my knights of the round table. Whose castle is this? This is the castle of my master, Guidel Luambar. Go and tell your master that we have been charged by God with a sacred quest. If he will give us food and shelter for the night, he can join us in our quest for the Holy Grail. Well, I'll ask him, but I don't think he'll be very keen. Uh, He's already got one, you see. What? He says they've already got one. Are you sure he's got one? Oh, yes, it's very nice. uh. I told them we already got one. (laughs) Well, um, can we come up and have a look? Of course not you are english types. sir well what are you then? I'm french! why do you think i have this outrageous accent you silly king? what are you doing in england? mind your own business if you will not show us the grail we shall take your castle by force you don't frighten us, english pig dogs go and boil your bottom a silly person ah oh, blow my nose at you so called Arthur King, you and all your silly English can What a strange person. Now look here, my good man. I don't want to talk to you no more, you empty-headed animal food trough whopper. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt... Of elderberries. Is there someone else up there we can talk to? No. Now go away, or I shall taunt you a second time. <laughs> it now, is silly. Go
4: ahead.
0: We 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 played uh, uh, Mike's. We played all the comments when I was originally over at Cal's house. Mm. Um, and yeah, we played Mike's Mike's uh, comment, but because we we actually disagreed with. Uh, I
1: disagree. immensely.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, immensely <laughs> with the, with the question more than anything, because. Uh, uh, well, Kel, do you want to you, you answer what?
1: Well, I, I don't know. I'm just I just believe in uh, things are funny, the funny or not. I, you know, I love America. I love Kirby enthusiasm. I love Seinfeld. I love Frasier. And I, lo- I love English comedy. I like comedy from France. I like comedy from Australia. If it's funny, it's funny. I don't think it really matters where you come from. I suppose if you don't speak English, it may well be like that. But I just this question: Why why would Americans find it funny? Because it's funny. It's yeah. well written, well performed. It's very simple, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's
3: all right.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. I, I don't want to get the wrong side of Mike. He might come and hunt me down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we
0: can't be we Mike because Mike is now the officially the waffle on mascot. Oh, uh, Let's get a we. we of him. Yeah, well, I've got a picture of him actually. I found a picture of him, right now. I've uh, I've just I, he hasn't given it me. I've just stolen it, and I'm going to put it on waffle on. Go
1: on, go on, put it on. Yeah.
4: Well, our mascot just arrived here, so say hi, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Stephanie will um, do Castle Anthrax for us later.
0: I oh, well. <laughs> okay. explicit tag on iTunes.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sweetie, I can't put it on the speakers because it'll be all echoey and stuff. But. You, you, you <laughs> Stephanie, we will talk about that later. Was there, another, uh, was there another comment that you guys wanted to comment on? Yes. Yeah, I listened to all of them and I completely forgot, so you all have to remind me.
0: Uh, yeah. Sue sent in a, uh, a comment, uh, oh. Spalter, yes. uh, and uh, she mentioned that actually a uh, Holy Grail, which I think is, this is probably an extremely geeky thing to to admit, and you know, massive thumbs up. The uh, Holy Grail was the very first DVD she ever bought,
2: <laughs>
0: which I think which I think is pretty good. Uh, uh, I think embarrassing. My first DVD I ever bought was actually Existence. Hmm. Hmm. That's
1: not embarrassing. That's really good. It's David <coughs> it's right. No, David Cronenberg. <laughs> Yeah, no, but
0: I haven't watched it since I first bought it.
1: Hmm. That's you, that's you all over though, isn't it? Yeah, give <laughs> <laughs> well, them a DVD. You don't see it for ten years. He gives it back, and don't ain't watched it. That'll I've, happen. Got, yeah,
0: I've got six hundred of the damn things. I haven't got time in the world.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but then you have one DVD you watch over and over again. That's what I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's called the Mashbox set.
4: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah,
2: I love it.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. of Sue, uh, you know, being the first uh, first DVD that yeah. uh, she ever bought. And one of her favourite uh, films. So, insert Sue's comment here. Here.
9: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Message for you, sir. How about you? Hi, Jen, Angela, Metzenkel. This is Sue, or Spaltor, on Twitter. I just finished watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail for the six million and first time so that I could send you some comments. Uh, This has got to be one of my most favorite movies of all time. In fact, it was the first DVD that I ever bought back when I got a computer that could read DVDs years ago. And actually, I still don't have an honest goodness DVD player. I use my PS2. At any rate, uh, you guys asked for quotes from our favorite scenes, but honestly, I'd have to read you the entire script from A Moose Once Bit My Sister to Arthur's Arrest at the end. If you really twist my arm, I can narrow my two favorite scenes down to Arthur's scene with Dennis. um, Possibly when Dennis says, you can't go around calling yourself a king because some watery tot threw a sword at you. And uh, the witch scene, which I'm sure everyone is quoting, but especially towards the end, Where the uh, conversation goes, so if she weighs the same as a duck, she's made out of wood. And therefore, a witch! It's fantastic. Uh, I think that's it for me. Or I'll just keep on going forever and ever. I am so super excited to hear this podcast. And thanks to all four of you for both Anomaly and Waffle On. Anomalous waffles were probably delicious. I blow my nose at you. Bye bye. I thought um
3: Devin Cox had a really good comment too. He he's not a fan of Monty Python because he doesn't he hasn't he doesn't think that he's seen any of it except for in pieces. Mm-hmm. And um he said that his at his place of work that they're not allowed to quote Monty Python because it starts this like <laughs> firestorms of quotes <laughs> I, and no one stops quoting it. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, he so has, he refuses to quote on general principle. Well, because he does, he only knows one quote, and it's um, from the. I think he said it's like an outtake or some special edition quote that's not you know, not widely known, which he does quote in his um, in his comment. So that's one of the ones I remembered was his comment because he's not ne- necessarily a fan, um, mm. but it's still people know of it. Even if you're not a fan, they know. So I thought that was an interesting comment.
10: Message for you, sir! Hello, Anomaly and Waffle On. This is Andrew from Scotland, also known as Toxic Death Online. I thought I'd just drop you a wee audio comment regarding Monty Python and the Holy Grail. This is a funny film. It wasn't comedy in the way that it's set up. It is essentially a group of sketches with a theme and a basic story of the Dark Ages and King Arthur running through it. It's actually almost probably one of the first spoofs, without getting into the farcical nature that some of the spoofs got into The basic story is very simple and is not that important. It's not the most important part of the film. It's really the sketches they are there for the laughs. I think that its popularity is due to the fact that Monty Python in nearly every scene is funny and performed really well. The fact that the lack of horses is used as a joke. You break the fourth wall and there are the standard Monty Python repeating jokes that they specialised within their show. I think the popularity of the quotes have kept it in the geek's mind for as long as it has. Even 35 years later, you can still do the quotes and still see the T-shirts. And they just make you smile and laugh because you know what they're talking about. And that's it, really. Just a quick comment to say that I love both the shows. I think you're doing a fantastic job. And And all I have to say as I finish is,
11: run away! Run away! Message for you, sir. Hello, Jen and Angela and Meds and Kel. Well, Dan here. Right, first of all... I'm really looking forward to listening to this podcast. I have not got a clue what um, a joint Waffle On Anomaly podcast is going to sound like, but from your, both of your past um, histories, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Uh, right, so Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I had seen the film a few times, I believe, uh, and I'd when you mentioned that you were doing this podcast, I thought, well, I know a bit about this film. It's a classic film. Everybody knows the quotes and everything like that, which I won't be doing by the way, because I don't think I will do them any justice. Um but then when I started to think about it, I thought mm, i really need to rewatch this because it's been a while since I'd seen it. Um so I finally got around to watching it today. I've been trying to get it on for a week, uh, but various things got in the way. Life, kids, you know um and I was caught out straight away by the credits. I put the put the DVD in and I'm thinking what are these subtitles? So I my remote control trying to turn these subtitles off because you do get the odd film that when you stick on the film it automatically puts on subtitles or the wrong audio or something like that. And then eventually the um, the gags start appearing in the subtitles and I, you know I just couldn't stop laughing at myself and at the gags, you know. And <laughs> I've got to say the credits are probably one of the, my favorite part of the film, believe it or not. So what I'm going to do is just make a couple of comments about the bits that I like about the film and why I like them. The first bit would have to be the the, the King Arthur scene when he's getting to the, to the castle and he wants to um, speak to the master of the castle, trying to get him to join him. And the guards just start um, having a go at him and telling him he hasn't got a horse and, and then the conversation goes on to an argument about swallows and... And of the various differences in European and African swallows and their flight speeds, and it's just hilarious. And um, I'll, you know, I'll mention it in a bit, but I mean that part of that is an ongoing joke that appears again near the end, which cracked me up a bit. Um, the next bit I really liked was the uh, the French the Frenchman. <laughs> it's just silly humour, but you know, if he's trying to get. Through to these French guys, and they just start throwing animals at them, and the the, the Tro the Trojan Rabbit, I believe it was as well. <laughs> that joke. I'm trying not to laugh while I'm recording this because remembering it. Um, what else? Oh, it's got to be the um, the king who lives in the in the swamp with his son, He's trying to marry off his son, and the guards. The the, the classic trying to get the guards to, to guard him and trying to get them to understand what he wanted I suppose everybody remembers the knights who say "ni," and um, you know it's one of the, the most memorable parts of the film and it's a, a, most, one of the most often quoted um, I liked it, it's not my favourite scene though, I don't know oh and the bit near the end where the the information about the swallows becomes very useful to to King Arthur <laughs> trying to get past that guy who Who's knocking all the knights away because they can't answer his questions? I just thought, how clever! And I think that's um, that's basically what the film is. It's it's wrapped up in a sort of silliness, like a lot of Monty Python, you know. And at first glance, it's um, oh, it's slapstick and it's silly and, you know, but it's it's the cleverness of the dialogue and the the intricacy and the subtlety of it, which appeals to me, you know and it's just what's so so funny about it really there's so many layers layers in there so anyway, that's all I really had to say about it thanks for uh, doing this and not forcing me to watch the film again but it, making it a priority and I've really enjoyed sitting down and watching it um, and I'm really looking forward to what you guys have to say on this subject So, so it's bye bye for now Message for you, sir!
12: Hello, ladies and gents of Anomaly and Waffle On. This is Casey, uh, recording an audio comment for your Monty Python and the Holy Grail um, show. I just want to let you guys know that I'm being quiet because it's about a little past midnight right now. Just came home from the theater building at, at school, and I want to try not to wake anyone up, but I also wanted to send in a comment. I've just been really busy recently, but... Anyway, onwards, um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is special to me because it was introduced to me through my mother, who is, um, not a geek at all, but, um, you know, she saw the movie and loved it, and she introduced it to my sisters and I, and it was just love at the very first coconut reference of the movie, um... I think the whole movie in and of itself is brilliant, but I have two favorite parts that I love quoting. Um, One is the whole back and forth um, coconut scene at the very beginning of the movie that just sets up what you're going to see throughout the rest of the film. And I love it when uh, Graham Chapman as King Arthur is trying to explain how he got this coconut maybe from a swallow and he's just like... Well, he could grip it by the husks, and, um, Michael Palin is at the very top of this castle as a guard, you know, shouting all this, um, nonsensical, you know, logic stuff. He's just like, it's not a matter of where he grips it, it's a matter of weight ratios. A five pounds a bird cannot carry a one pound coconut. Um, and my sa- second favorite part is something I used to quote all the time with my friends in high school um, right before classes started. Um, it's the witch scene, and Sir Bedifier is trying to um, make the peasants kind of think for themselves as to why, how they can tell this woman that they're bringing up as a witch. And he asks, what do we burn apart from witches and eric Sh- idol just shouts out at the top of his lungs more witches it just always cracked me up uh, i think i think monty python is one of the best comedy teams to grace the planet and i think geeks love it in particular because we appreciate that kind of silly form of humor that doesn't really take itself seriously i know I have friends who don't like it, and that's fine, but at the same time, you really gotta admire the creativity that went behind this film, and even though um, I know they have admitted that it's just kinda stupid humor, in a, in a way, it is pretty smart. They, From what I've heard on the commentary, they thought everything out very clearly. Anyway, I should probably go ahead and leave it there. I love both podcasts. I'm so glad you're doing the show, and I can't wait to hear more episodes from both of you. It's really late. I need to go. Night, guys.
6: Message for you, sir. Hello, Brother Meds, Brother Kel, Sister Angela, and Sister Jen. This is Pete from Philadelphia, also known as Brompton Boy on the various forums. I was sitting here anxiously watching some of the forums Waiting for news of my impending Rumpole of the Bailey or Are You Being Served or, or Kenny Everett video show Waffle On podcast. Uh I don't see them, but I'm sure they're in the wings and you guys are working on them. So I thought I would uh, I would kill some time uh and uh send in some comments about Monty Python and the Holy Grail, one of my uh one of my absolute favorites. Absolutely a favorite. Uh, I used to watch, of course, Monty Python. Uh, back in the mid to late 70s when I was young. Uh, it was broadcast on the public broadcasting stations here in Philadelphia, and I would never miss it. And a uh, large group of friends, we would talk about it, and we had all the skits memorized, of course. And then uh, when I went to college, uh, there's uh, at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, there's a small art house theater that every Saturday night at midnight would... Uh, have a showing of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and they would do this every week. So after a night of carousing, my friends and I would uh, wander over. After uh, you know a little bit of drinking at Smoky Joe's Cafe, we would wander over to watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and it was always quite crowded. And like everybody else there, we knew uh, every line from uh, the movie and could probably uh, fill in as extras for uh, any one of those scenes. One of my absolute favorite parts of the Holy Grail was the animation. And, of course, that was done by Terry Gilliam, the token yank in the uh, Python crew. And uh, the things that he would do with those medieval illuminations would uh, just leave me in stitches. They were absolutely hilarious. Uh, one thing that really stands out at my to, to my mind was uh, when he had the Heralds blowing trumpets uh, from uh, interesting parts of their anatomy. Uh, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about, and I won't go into uh, vulgar details on that one. Uh just loved it. Uh, the the clouds dancing up and down and annoying uh, an illuminator who was trying to work uh, all very very funny and of course I always loved the the scene of the the castle ah which was uh, when Sir Galahad stormed it single handedly and was confronted by all of those uh, those women in the castle and uh, just loved it I was envious of him and uh, loved that scene uh, the the logic train during the witch trials also uh, a favorite of mine who doesn't love that one, right? Uh, she turned me into a newt. Well, I got better. And then, of course, there's the Black Knight sitting there with a uh, sitting there on the road with his legs and his arms hacked off, and he still won't give up. And he threatens to bite the legs off of King Arthur. Who who doesn't love that scene? You you gotta love it. Well, that's all I have to say. Actually, I, I could go on a lot more, but I'll I want to keep it, you know, within two minutes here. So thanks for doing this. Love the podcasts. Please keep up the good work, and remember. There is no sanctuary. Message
13: for you, sir. Oh, I cannot believe that I am able to send in comments on one of my all-time craziest, most quoted movies ever, Monty Python and the Search for the Holy Grail. I don't know. There's just something about this, Angela and Jen, Mads and Kel. And it's so cool to have you guys on a cooperative podcast here. That's cool. I can quote so many things. And I'm okay, I'm not gonna go and find the script because sometimes I do that. I find I just go find it's on the internet, you know, and I'll just read the script with the accents. I'm not gonna do that because, you know, as time goes on, sometimes you don't quote it accurately, and that makes it even more funny. And so I'm now going to do my monologue of all the lines I know. Well, not all of them because it would take too long. (laughs) Yeah, so here we go. Here's some of my favorite lines off the top of my head. And I don't know why these all frequently bump around I haven't even watched the movie in years Okay, maybe I did a while back Because somebody got it for me The special edition on DVD But, okay, okay By the way, did I tell you who I am? Okay This is Rick Moyer from the Take Him With You podcast And friend of, well, you guys (laughs) You're my friends (laughs) I do have some friends Even if you are thousands of miles away still you're my friend Well, anyway, okay I remember watching the movie years and years and years ago, and uh, it just some lines stuck with me. It was more fun to sit around and quote the lines with my friends than it was to actually watch the movie after that. I don't know why, but uh, so here we go. <clears throat> the first one that always comes to my mind is, how do you know she's a witch? All right, we did the hat and the nose, but she's still a witch. And then uh, I always liked the line, um, uh, ah, but what else floats? Very small rocks. Ah, but can you not also build bridges out of stone? No.
5: A duck.
13: <gasps> Who are you that are so wise in the ways of science? I am Arthur, king of the Brits. <laughs> My liege. Okay, what else? Um. Oh, um, bad, awful, naughty Zoot. We had actually had a cat named Zoot. We named our cat Zoot. That's how funny we thought the movie was. Amy hardly ever watches it because she thinks it's... Crude and weird, but I like it because it's funny. But we named our cat Zoot. Oh, and, um, oh yes, and I just remembered it was grail shaped. Bad, awful, naughty Zoot. And, uh, let me see what else. Um, there are so many. Bring out your dead. bunk That was very bad. i'm oh, not quite dead. Oh, shut up. <laughs> You're not fooling anyone, you know. Let's not argue and bicker about who killed who. It's a festive occasion. It's not right for my... Idiom, sir? Yes, idiom. Can I get a push? But, father, I don't want to get married. I just want... No,
5: stop. There'll be none of that here.
13: I think that's funny. None shall pass. Brave Sir Knight, my quarrel is not with you. I just... None shall... Come back here. I'll bite your kneecaps off. I just like that. I like that. I like it when they, I love cats, but, but I don't know why I find it so hysterically funny to see them beating cats against the wall. I just, that's funny to me. I don't know why. Even though I know no live cats were used in that. Oh, uh, especially, let me see, I like Tim. Some call me Tim. Oh, hey, what an eccentric performance. I like that. I actually say that to people when I'm, you know, watching them perform and stuff. I'll say, "Wow, well, what an eccentric performance. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Or how about the rabbit? I love the rabbit. Why, wow, it's just a little rabbit. Yes, but oh, no, it's a big sharp TV. Look at the bones. I like that part. Perhaps if we built a large wooden badger. Oh, <laughs> you can tell I've watched the movie a few times. Or, or <laughs> what times are these? <laughs> when men will say, meh, to old women, I am Roger the Shrubber. I design and sell shrubberies for a living and you must cut it down with a herring. <sighs> Knights who until formally said, n- yeah, n- nee. <laughs> There's so many. come and see the violence inherited in the system. I'm being repressed. Yes, that's Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> Not old Oh, so many wonderful lines from that movie, and I can quote all sorts of them, and probably off. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute! One of my favorites: "Breakfast cereals and orangutans, and with it you shall blow thine enemies to bits." Amen. <laughs> okay, enough, enough of the silliness. Enough of this silliness. All right, I'm gonna go now. But I just wanted to say thanks for covering this hilarious movie. Very, very funny. So many scenes, so many things to quote. Don't have any idea why I like quoting it. It's just this weird, geeky thing in me. Thanks again for covering this fun thing, Anomaly and Waffle On. You guys are awesome. You gals are awesome. And I'll leave you with this. African or European? Uh, I don't know.
2: Ah!
13: Message for you, sir. Old woman.
7: Man. Man. I'm sorry. Old man. What knight lives in that castle over there? I'm thirty-seven. What? I'm thirty-seven. I'm not old. Well, I can't just say, "Hey, man." We well, could say, "Dennis." I didn't know you were called Dennis. Well, you about to find out? I did you. <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I've said I'm sorry about the old man, but from behind you looked. Well, what I object to is you automatically treat me like an inferior. Well, I am king. Oh, king, eh? Very nice. And how'd you get that, eh? That's wrong. <laughs> is that wrong? That's wrong. Oh, we've been found out. Ah, bollocks. Ah. see, I should have done it off the top of end. Right, I'm going to use that as a prompt, and I'm going to read it right. <laughs> By the way, this script, right? It says, "Oh, very nice, King A. I expect you've got a palace and fine clothes and courtiers oh. and plenty of food." That is bollocks. I remember that? That's a complete paraphrase. Does they do they ever say that in the film? No. No. You get oh, that? king, eh? Very nice. And how'd you get that, eh? By yeah. exploiting the workers, by hanging on to dated imperialist dogma which perpetuates the social and economic differences in our society. If there's ever going to be any progress, Dennis, there's some lovely filth down here. <laughs> oh, how'd you do? <laughs> how'd do you do, good lady? I am Arthur, king of the Britons. Can you tell me who lives in that castle? King of who? The Britons. Who are the Britons? All of us are. We are all Britons. <laughs>
2: and and I, I
7: am your king. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know. We had a king. I thought we an autonomous collective. You're fooling yourself. We're living in a dictatorship. A self perpetuating autocracy in which the working classes. Oh, there you go. Bringing class into it again. Well, that's what it's all about. If only... Please, please, good people. I am in haste. What knight lives in that castle?
5: Oh, no one lives there.
7: Well, who is your lord? We don't have a lord. What? I told you. We're in a narco-cynicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. All the decisions of that officer... Yes, I see. ...have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting by a simple majority in the case of purely internal affairs... Be quiet. ...by the two-thirds majority... Be quiet. I order you to shut up. No, it's I order you to be quiet. That's wrong as well. <laughs> what twat wrote this? Oh, God, <laughs> I can't say that. What order, eh? Who does he think he is? I am your king. Well, I didn't vote for you. You don't vote for kings. Well, how'd you become one, then? The lady of the lake, her arm clad in the purest shimmering... Samite. <laughs> <laughs> Held Excalibur aloft from the bosom of the water to signify by divine providence that I, Arthur, was to carry Excalibur. That is why I am your king. Hey, He's Frankie.
13: He'd be able to deal with the This is a
7: stage adaptation! Um. Look, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. Supreme executive power derives from a mandate from the masses, not from some farcical aquatic ceremony. Be quiet! You can't expect to wield a supreme executive power just because some watery tart threw a sword at you? Shut up! <laughs> I mean, if I went around saying I was an emperor just because some moistened bint lobbed a scimitar at me, they'd put me away! Shut up, will you? Shut up! Ah, now we see the violence inheritance system. Shut up. Help, help. Come see the violence inheritance system. I'm being repressed. Bloody peasant. Oh, what a giveaway, what a giveaway. Do you hear that, eh? Do you hear that, eh? That's what I'm talking about. Come on, Patsy.
2: <laughs> Who wrote that script?
7: We need to email them and abuse them. I should have done my research a bit better. <laughs> that made make it funny. <laughs> Guys, um, I have this comment. This clip has probably gone on already too long, uh, but we, we just once we started, we couldn't stop. Um. I'm I'm afraid I'm a bit of a geek with <laughs> this sketch. I had it on tape, oh. and there was a time where I could do all three parts. And do the whole thing from start to finish with that. That's how I knew when little words were in the wrong place. See, now I believe that. I, I have to take his word for it. And, uh, by the way, this is Tim here. and um, Oh, I'm Boz, hello. And uh, we love listening to the show. I'm actually looking forward to listening to this one. Cause yeah, it's going to be awesome. Holy grail, is
13: awesome.
7: <laughs> Don't know if it's as good as Life of Brian, though it's my favourite it's your favourite Holy Holy Grail because it's in Britain yeah Britain King of the Britons (laughs) yes uh, (laughs) we love the podcast and uh, we we saw your shout out for uh, your email for um, audio comments and what's not to like about it what's not funny about Holy Grail absolutely but also we have a very rare privilege we're in the same room yes we are Boz came all the way down from he said he said he had work to do, but I don't know whether I believe him. I think he just came <laughs> there to see me. It's just the allure of his cologne. <laughs> <laughs> and beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a beer. yeah he brought me beer. <laughs> um that's Yeah. And uh, this you know, this is great. We had a couple of beers and uh Yeah, so we said we we have to we have to do Monty Python We have to do a Monty Python comment for you. Yeah. Uh, whether you decide to, to play good. it or not, I don't know. Yeah, I did swear in the middle, I'm very sorry about that. Um Get your blink machine out. Yes, yes. <laughs> Of course, I don't do editing in my show. Yeah. I just take it to leave it. If I wanted to, I could take. No, I won't. Oh, All <laughs> <get." laughs> <laughs> There's no swearing in that sketch, but they wrote it so badly it caused me to cuss. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh dear. Uh, love the show. We do. And um, keep on the good work, please. Yeah. We'll we'll speak with you soon. Can't wait to hear it. Oh, I love it.
2: Bye.
14: Message for you, sir. Hey, Jen, Angela. Hawkeye Meds and Kel. This is Tim Wetzel, or King Isaac Lingser, from Oregon. And I thought I'd send in this audio comment about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> this movie is... <laughs> it's a pretty funny film. It stands the test of time a lot better than films from that area. There is. That's what surprised me. Another thing is just all the funny quotes in this. They're even used today still and a lot of what is it, social media <laughs> still hear quotes like the knights who say me nee! Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing let's see. Run away!
10: run away! Run away run away
14: run away you hear that a lot in this movie. <laughs> I guess that's how you win, right? Running away. <laughs> or probably one of my more favorite mo- moments was uh, Bravely bold Sir Robin Sir Robin ran away. Bravely ran away, away, oh brave Sir Robin When danger tucked his ugly head at him and he ran away. Dun, dun, I don't know the lyrics to this song. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> uh other comments. I just liked how they set this whole movie up. And I've watched the special features or listened, I guess. Watched, listened, whatever. And uh they explained the movie and it was amazing to me how how they how much they did on such a budget of theirs. That's what really amazed me about this movie. So, questions. Uh, first question, and I'm sure you're gonna get this a lot. What is up with the ending of this movie? Why does it just do that? Is it some sort of inside joke? What, maybe Hawkeye Meds and Kel can answer this? Because it's confusing. Second question would be, what is your favorite character? Uh, Mine would have to be King Arthur. But that's just me. Anyway, I'm sure that I'm going to be laughing a lot when I hear this podcast, so (laughs) here's my comment to add to the humor of me making a fool of myself with the bad acting. But I better go away. And uh, don't let, or things like uh, me talking to you for a second time. Yes, that was my French accent. And I just didn't right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you guys, uh, talk to you later.
3: So cool. <laughs> I'm so glad that everyone participated. That makes sense. Yeah, very me too. Happy. We had a lot of comments between the mm. two of us, because some people sent you guys some and emails too. And then we got a few on our own, but we've shared back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But thank you very much to everyone who spent the time to record those and to send them in. We know you guys are busy, and we really appreciate your participation. Yay, thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
5: cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. One day, lad, all this will be yours. What, the curtains? No, not the curtains, lad. All that you can see stretched out over the hills and valleys of this land. That'll be your kingdom, lad. Mother. Father, lad, father. But, Father, I don't want any of that. Listen, lad. I built this kingdom up from nothing. When I started here, all I was were swamp. Well, The king said I was daft to build a castle on a swamp. But I built it all the same. Just to show them. It sank into the swamp. So, I built a second one. That sank into the swamp. So I built a third one. That burned down, fell over, then sank into the swamp. But the fourth one stayed up. And that's what you're going to get, lad. The strongest castle in these islands. But I don't want any of that. I'd rather... Rather what? I'd rather... just... sing. Stop that, stop that. You're not going into a song while I'm here. Now listen, lad. In 20 minutes, you're getting married to a girl whose father owns the biggest tracts of open land in Britain. But I don't want land. Listen, Alice. Herbert. Herbert. We live on a bloody swamp. We need all the land we can get. But, but I don't like her. Don't like her? What's wrong with her? She's beautiful, she's rich, she's got huge tracts of land. I uh, know, but I want the, the girl that I marry to have a certain special something. Cut that out, cut that out! your money in princess lucky so you better get used to the idea guards make sure the prince doesn't leave this room until i come and get him not to leave the room even if you come and get him no no until i come and get him until you come and get him we're not to enter the room No, no no you stay in the room and make sure he doesn't leave and you'll come and get him right we don't need to do anything apart from just stop him entering the room. No, no. Leaving the room. Leaving the room. Yes. All right. Right. All right. Oh, if 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 uh, if, if, uh, if, yes, if 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 we. we Oh, if oh. Look, it's quite simple. Uh, you just stay here. I'll make sure he doesn't leave the room. All right. right. Oh, I remember. Uh, can he leave the room with us? No, 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 no. You just keep him in here and make sure oh yes we'll keep him in here obviously but if he had to leave and we were with him just keep him in here until you or anyone else no not anyone else just me just you get back get back right right we'll stay here until you get back and uh, make sure he doesn't leave what make sure he doesn't leave the prince yes make sure he doesn't leave oh yes of course i thought you meant him you know it seemed a bit daft me having to guard him when he's a guard is that clear? Okay. Oh, quite clear. No problems. Right. <coughs> Where are you going? We're coming with you. No, well, I want you to stay here and make sure he doesn't leave. Oh, I see. Right. But father! Shut your noise, you! Well, get that suit on. I'm no singing! <laughs> Oh, go and get a glass of water. All right.
4: um, There was something else I I wanted to say earlier that I remembered uh, from you were talking about uh, the song, the Camelot song. And it reminded Mm -hmm. me, too, that a lot of the comedy is physical. Um, I remembered when we were were watching it last night uh, that a lot of the things that are the funniest are the things that are just like the cat cats being beaten against rugs, <laughs> and when they're doing quote-unquote work you know that you have like the serfs or whatever working and they're just like slapping water with a stick
2: <laughs> or, or
4: when uh, sir lancelot goes and he saves everybody and then he does you know to his grand exit and then he's just swinging back and forth yeah. <laughs> but you know is it a little little help here um <laughs> so it's that kind of stuff that's even fu- that's funny too that's part of the part of the humor is is the silly you know, physical. The
3: visual. Uh, yeah. The visual effects. Like the Black Knight that won't Yes, It hacks all of his limbs off. Yes. Comedy. You know, mm. in a different context, frightening. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like in Sin City, very frightening. In this, yeah. hilarious. Have you seen the um, spoof on that scene that they, they have with Darth Vader in it? That's on no. YouTube? It's no. hilarious. I'll have to send you a quote. They've mixed in Darth Vader's voice. Um, taking out the things that that the the Black Knight says. Ah. Yeah, uh-huh. and they also like they they did like um they dubbed over the swords they they have um, lightsabers instead of long swords. Oh, neat. Yeah.
1: I will tell you what, you know when a spoof's doing well when you're spoofing a spoof, yeah. That is, you, know, you know you're doing well there.
4: Oh, totally. That's what. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> um, I also was was uh Je- Jim and I were talking about this the other day, and we realized that um. And I don't know if this has happened to you guys, too, but Monty Python or, or Holy Grail has not just become like, oh, we're being funny, but it has actually worked its way into our daily lives. Um, we usually use one of these at least once a month, if not once a week. When, when something is not an option, like I decide I want to go to Chili's and Jim decides that he does not by any chance want to go to Chili's, he'll just say, that is right out
2: just
4: okay so and that's just normal conversation or if you're feeling sick but you want to feel better you say i think i'll go for a walk okay (laughs) um another one is uh our child frequently when he's very upset about something like we won't let him have a cookie we say um help help i'm being repressed (laughs) or if you give yourself a paper cut you can say it's only a flesh wound yeah And, and of course um The best one ever is whenever you need to get away from a situation, you scream, Wonderay, (laughs) Wonderay,
1: Wonderay. And that is like normal conversation. (laughs) <laughs> and let's Meds, me and you growing up going around Birmingham city centre, running away from people was quite a common thing, yeah. wasn't it? I was, I yeah. I was we, chased a, a knife and being mugged, we'd run away.
0: <laughs> I think there was an incident where he came out of a, a, a club being chased by the boasters, in which we turned around and said, run away. Run away. And it was about, about six of us <laughs> running away from one bloke. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> he
1: was a big bloke, though. <laughs> he was a big bloke, actually, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, let's not talk about that. They don't want to be able to be causing... Tra-
4: anyway, don't <laughs> but do you guys have other ones of those that creep you into your normal conversation, too?
0: Uh, the, the it's only a flesh wound is one... Because we work in a, a, our normal boring day jobs. Uh, we work in a factory, which is um, we're surrounded by metal and everything like that. And uh, I'm always cutting myself, uh, generally. And Yeah, the, it's, it's, it's only a flesh wound is the, is the one. And it's only a model is the one I've yeah. used quite a bit. When uh, we went looking for a house, uh, well, with the... We were looking for this house. And every time me and Natalie would pull up to see it, look at a house, I'd go, it's only a model. Uh, you yeah. didn't like it. So.
1: Oh, it's only one I think when we were younger as well, weren't, uh, weren't we mids about 50% of our conversation was Monty Python quotes and the other 50% was Spinal Tap quotes.
0: Yeah. For about
1: yeah. five years of our life, you only spoke in either Spinal Tap or Monty Python. <laughs> it's like our facts, you know, he's still made up of TV quotes, everyone's conversation, his TV quotes all day, Yeah. You're thinking, Does, yeah. no one ain't got any normal English anymore, you No, know? <laughs> it's just TV. <laughs> suits me, but there you go. It's not good anyway. It's all about dumbing down anyway.
4: <laughs> well, we could go on about that, definitely. See, I think it's yeah. funny because we're all so afraid of, like, jumping in over each other because we've all been in these conversations before where you just go, oh, and this part, and then this part, and then this part. And we all yeah. know we're on Skype and we're trying to be adults, which is so fascinating. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's we're all being, like, us. real, like, okay, well, let's have this discussion. It, it's funny because it sounds a lot more like a, a business meeting than it sounds like a money fight. Conversation. And it's no it's nobody's fault. It's just hilarious because we're all trying to be nice and you know
3: I really just want to talk about my huge tracts of land. That's the one I use. <laughs> <laughs> I, whenever someone I see is, you know, if I catch a guy staring, I say, You're looking at your huge tracts of land, aren't you? <laughs> or um sometimes I say things like, um, <laughs> I'm not dead yet. And that one <laughs> Uh what's the other one? Oh, um I fought in your general direction! Oh yeah. What
5: manner of man are you that can summon up fire without flint or tinder? I'm an enchanter. By what name are you known? There are some who call me Tim? Greetings, Tim the Enchanter. Greetings, King Arthur! You know my name? I do. You seek the holy grail. That is our quest. You know much that is hidden, though, Tim. Quite. Yes, we are we are looking for the holy grail. Our quest is to find the Holy Grail. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're 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 looking for it. Yes, sure. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. are. Yeah. We have been for some time. Ages. Mm. Mm. Uh, so uh, anything that you could do to uh, to help would be very helpful. Look, can you tell us what <laughs> <right? laughs> Fine. Um, I don't want to waste any more of your time, but uh, I don't suppose you could uh, tell us where we might find a um, find a a, a um, a uh, a what? A a a, 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 a a a grail? Yes. I think so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that, that. Yes. Oh. Oh. Thank oh. you. Oh, fine. Oh, oh, <laughs> Look, um, you're a busy man. Uh, yes, I can help you find the holy grail. Oh, thank thank you. You. To thank the north there lies a cave. The cave of Cair wherein, carved in mystic runes upon the very living rock, the last words of Ulfin Bedweer of Regged. Make plain the last resting place of the most holy grail. Where could we find this cave, O Tim? Follow! But follow only if ye be men of valor, for the entrance to this cave is guarded by a creature so foul, so cruel, that no man yet has fought with it and lived. Bones of four fifty men lie strewn about its lair, so brave knights, if you do doubt your courage or your strength come no further for death awaits you all with nasty big pointy teeth what an eccentric performance uh,
0: <laughs> we we have we have uh <laughs> me and me and kel used to live with each other uh, we live with each other for about six years and um for a laugh <laughs> uh i put on our answer machine um what was it now oh, yeah. uh I don't want to talk to you no more, you empty-headed food twat whapper. (laughs) So I I put that on the answer machine. Unfortunately, Cal went for a job uh, in a record (laughs) shop. Oh, no! And we think they phoned up to give him an interview, and that's what they got. Uh,
1: Cal, you didn't get the job. I'll I'll never forgive that. You know, that was my dream job. I've only ever dreamed of working in a record shop. That's it, all day. Playing music all day. I'll do it for no money. But I didn't get it because of that bloody answer phone message, and that weren't some of the worst we had. We had some really offensive messages on there, didn't <laughs> <laughs> <She is. laughs> Thinking about it now, it was a bad idea. <laughs> not, for, not for me.
2: <laughs>
1: well, I really
4: like when um, Sir Galahad goes into the castle anthrax and at the very end, he's like, well, I could, I could stay a bit longer and Lancelot saves him and he's like, no, no, too powerless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I bet you're gay. <laughs> I bet. <you're> gay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, mate, if I'm right, now you've got some interesting Holy Grail fact. Your teacher was in the thing, wasn't? It? If
0: you... Yeah, um, my uh, in ninety one. So sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, in ninety one, I uh, I was working. Well, I was training to be a computer programmer, and uh, one of my First, projects I did was developing uh, what is now known as ebooks. Um, this is 91, bearing in mind. And I was trying to come up with an idea of transferring comics into, uh, into a small file so you could read a comic at home on a computer. Oh, oh, how I wish I carried that on. I could have been yeah. very rich now. Uh, but my, my teacher was uh, called Mark Zykon. Uh, and he's actually, when you look at the title credits at the beginning, after you get the, the Pythons come up, his is the first name that comes up. Uh, although they spelt it Z-Y-C-O-N. He's actually got a H in it. And uh, Mark was in the witch scene is uh, in the background and he is also you know the bit where Lancelot goes into the wedding ceremony and he's, he's stabbing <laughs> everyone and he hits a guard who's standing on a pillow and the guard lands on the barrels and rolls yes. off that's Mark uh, he got paid an extra five pound for doing a stunt <laughs> awesome. and, uh, and uh, he's also uh, Tim the Enchanter in in some of the background scenes and the strange thing is he was the spitting image of Graham Chapman so I would have thought (laughs) he'd have but he didn't have a beard but but yeah so uh, I got some I didn't even get his I should have got his autograph but I I have the Holy Grail book and uh, he's in it uh, I took it into uh, into college with me and showed him and he was uh, he was quite proud that somebody else actually took an interest in it because no one else did Uh, Uh, but yeah so that's my slight work fact
4: (laughs) I think that's kind of interesting I just realised yesterday that John Cleveland this is Tim.
0: Yes, yeah.
4: I and I. That's one of my favorite things is when he says, "There are those who call me Tim." But it's a
2: question mark. <laughs> it's
4: like that's a great name for for a fire wielding sorcerer. Tim. Oh, no. Okay.
0: What, what do you think of the uh, of the whole casting for 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 this film? I mean, uh, oh. we've, we've uh, Graham
4: as as the king. You mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, what I what I love is that he looks regal and pompous even when he's uh, running around without a horse. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about him, and everyone. No, I I mean you know John Cleese running around talking about his idiom and killing people <laughs> at will. And oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's just what I do. It's my idiom.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting because they 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 cast them in. Uh, the roles that they actually wrote. Uh, oh, we've uh, we've Holy Grail. The original script of it it actually started off in Harrods, which is a, a big department store in Knightsbridge in London, uh, quite an expensive place. And uh, it was set in modern times with these knights there, because that was totally scrapped when they came to doing this, the third draft. But Graham Chapman was chosen because he he was the one who. Um, Ironically, they didn't want to give enough lines to because he was quite a serious alcoholic at that point. Oh. Uh, you, you can actually see it in his performance because he, he does look pretty drained. I think virtually all the virtual way through. I mean, he was uh-huh. totally clean when he did uh, Life of Brian, but um, no one else. I don't. No one. That other Python, I think, could have pulled it off. Oh uh, no, and Chapman really.
4: No, and all the other ones are just in, in a good. You know, they're just mm. in a good place. I mean, even Idol is a as. Sir Robin, do you do notice that he has a chicken on his sword? I mean, on his shield. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got
0: to give kudos to Michael Palin for writing the uh, the the uh, you know the to see me with all the women. I mean, and cast yourself yeah. in that and role. cast yourself yeah. with
4: all the women. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. I like. Um, what's the name of the doctors? Um, oh
0: suit and um, not suit, oh, the no. one
4: the two little the younger ones that are the doctors. Oh, we are doctors. Please, <laughs> we are doctors. <laughs> <laughs> naughty, naughty zoot. Um I also um was thinking I it took me several years to realize when he was saying kniggets that it was spelling out night. That is yeah. my admission. It took me a while. Like, I knew, I mean, you know, I just didn't think about it. I mean, I've known for probably about 10 years, but it took me longer than my first viewing to realize that it, Knigget's, was nice. <laughs> uh, I've,
0: I've got the name of the two doctors. Uh, Midget and Crapper is the actual names in the script.
4: They have the weirdest names. Of have- the, the French guy. Go- is this because of the way the English people feel about the French people? Is that oh, a thing? Sh- is that a- right. Okay. Because it seems kind of obvious, but I just had to
1: ask. <laughs>
0: uh, we, we don't like the French. <laughs> no,
1: no, no. We've, we've
3: fought them all over the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the bastards cook over here in 1066. Sorry, we can't forgive them for that. There you go, yeah. <laughs> no, no,
3: they did aid us in getting rid of you guys, too, so we have
2: to. Get... <laughs> no, 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 no. Jen, don't bring that up! You <laughs> hate <He> that! <laughs> yeah.
5: We have the holy hand grenade. Yes, of course! The Holy Hand-Grenade of Antioch is one of the sacred relics Brother Maynard carries with him. Brother Maynard, bring up the Holy Hand-Grenade. PIE JESU DOMINE
7: <speaking in>
2: DONA EIS REQUIEM <Hebrew> PIE
5: JESU DOMINE DONA EIS REQUIEM PIE JESU DOMINE DONA EIS REQUIEM how does it um how does it work i know not my lady. consult the book of armaments armaments chapter 2 verses 9 to 21 and saint attila raised the hand grenade up on high saying "O lord Bless this thy hand grenade, that with it thou mayst blow thine enemies to tiny bits, in thy mercy. And the Lord did grin, and the people did feast upon the lambs, and sloths, and carp, and anchovies, and orangutans, and breakfast cereals, and fruit bats, and large... Ch- a bit, brother. And the Lord spake, saying, First shalt thou take out the holy pin, then shalt thou count to three. No more, no less. Three shall be the number thou shalt count, and the number of the counting shall be three. Four shalt thou not count, neither count thou two, excepting that thou then proceed to three. Five is right out. Once the number three, being the third number, be reached, then lobbest thou thy holy hand grenade of Antioch towards thy foe, who being not in my sight, shall snuff it?
14: Amen. 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 Right.
5: One, two, five, three.
3: You know, one of my favorite scenes is the one where the guy is locked in the tower. Oh. <laughs> and he, he writes the note and he just kind of <laughs> saunters over to the bow, picks it up, <laughs> smiling at the guards. Gets the little, you know, message, ties it to the the arrow and just kind of shoots it and really quick and goes out the window. But that whole bit with the guards not understanding the directions that the, yeah. that the, um, the king of the castle gave them, you know, about whether to follow him or stay there, it's like. Um, the English spin on who's on first. Yes, happened you know, in Costello. Who's on first? No, what's on first. Who's on yeah. second.
4: <laughs> I have no. to tell you guys a personal story about a time. I went to this place. It's a fast food restaurant in really in Texas only or in the South called taco cabana. Okay. And I wanted to order breakfast tacos are huge here. That's what we eat for breakfast. And I ordered two breakfast tacos with bacon and eggs and then cheese on this, this cheese on the side. And they came back, and she said, "So you want one taco with <laughs> eggs, one with sausage and cheese?" No. <laughs> and this literally, I'm not kidding you, went on almost as long as that scene did. And I, you couldn't have written it. It was hilarious. And I went back and forth with this lady, and I was like, I, ha- I remember I went and told Jen. That morning, I was like, I had a Monty Python moment at the Taco Banana <laughs> because they could not get my order right. And it was just like back and forth No, no. So you want quesadilla? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to McDonald's.
0: <laughs> now, that that really does put a, put a down on our breakfast. I mean, that sounds awesome. Why can't we have taco stuff
1: like that? We just oh, it's good. There'll be sandwiches. <laughs> I've, always to, I've always wanted to try a breakfast burrito.
4: Oh, oh! you don't know what you're missing. Breakfast burritos I, are the best.
1: I've been to the States uh, four times. and uh, you know, I've been to Vegas. I've been to uh, New York. been to San Francisco. I've been to Lake Tahoe. And uh-huh. I, every time I've been there, I've never been able to find a breakfast burrito. I need to go more down south. South, not.
4: yeah. You, you, in Southern California, you can get them, but it has to be the south somewhere, south-southwest. Well, the next time you come to the United States, you should come further south and have some tacos, because they're yeah. awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and they don't have them further north, either. Like I lived in uh, New York State for a year, and there were several things that I couldn't get, even though I was in America. My my mom had to send me things, certain types yeah. of cheese and, to- and uh, tortillas and things like that. They just didn't have them. So yeah. I guess it's just Rino, the way it Rino. is. I know, I'm hungry now. <laughs>
3: I yeah, stop talking about food. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm all right. I've got I've got kettle chips and I've got chocolate to the left of me and I'm drinking Coke. I'm happy. I don't care.
1: <laughs> what a healthy right. diet you've got there.
0: <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> the financing of this film, hmm. pretty cool, I think, because uh, um, it was financed, well, part financed by rock groups. Uh, Pink Floyd, uh, whose uh, Dark Side of the Moon, helped pay for this. Uh, Jethro Tull. Led Zeppelin and Genesis all put twenty thousand pounds in each um to help finance the film and have been earning off it ever since.
4: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That is that is interesting. <laughs> I like the fun facts. Give me more.
0: Among the extras is the future writer Ian Banks, who was studying at nearby Stirling University at the time.
1: Is that, is that true? Yes. <laughs> that is a good, I don't really like getting banks, I like getting banks, I like his sci-fi stuff, but uh, it's a good fact.
0: Yeah, uh, the 2007 DreamWorks film Shrek the Third included a scene in which a character is banging coconuts together to simulate the sound of horse's hooves, and although both John Cleves and Eric Idle appeared in the film, Idle stated that he did not know and did not approve of the use of the gag in the film. He claims, no surprise here, to be considering suing the producers of the unauthorised use of the gag. While the producers claim they were honoring idol and Cleese by its use, again, no surprise there for Merrie Idle. Uh, okay, uh, in Action Comics number 587, Superman, while traveling back in time, encounters a character shouting, "Bringate, you're dead!" In a later panel, he is asked who Superman was. A Kingguard warrant, Who else could walk abroad with robes untouched by filth? Uh, <clears throat> scenes such as Arthur approaching the first castle and Lancelot's running dash to Swamp Castle. Were actually filmed on Hampstead Heath, a London park beside one of the city's busiest road junctions. Okay, I've got a true geeky fact for you. Okay. All right. In I'm going to read this as I well, say. So uh, okay. In an early Star Trek: The Next Generation novel, Georgie is looking for someone in a bar, and he is told to talk to a gaunt bartender who knows everything. He knows everything, huh? States Georgie skeptically. What? He asks, is the airspeed velocity the, what, of an unladen swallow? <laughs> what do you mean, asks the Gorn, an African or a European swallow? Boy, he's good, Georgie reports. I <laughs> don't <laughs> <coughs>
3: remember that
4: one. Well, the thing uh, is, well, is, is, that that's the uh, question where you can find if somebody is a fan yes. immediately. I mean, and if that they is... say they don't know, then they're not worth your time.
2: And
0: now, I'm sure that everybody who's... Uh, everyone knows who's listening to this podcast now will know the the quote regarding the uh, airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow. What is it? Oh, I don't know. No,
4: oh. the the answer is African or European. <laughs> <laughs> I know, oh, no, no I, know, I
3: know, I know, I know, I know what it is. Forty two.
0: No, <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's the answer to everything. <laughs>
0: Uh, The airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow is roughly 11 metres per second or 25 miles per hour, beating its wings at seven to nine times per second rather than 43. Uh And a five-ounce bird cannot carry a one pound.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where on earth did you get that from?
0: Cal, I've got one for you here. Uh, Is anyone into heavy metal apart from me? Of course. Yes. Okay. Dave Mustaine, frontman of the heavy metal Meg- Megadeth,
1: <laughs> who cried on that Metallica film, I will never forgive oh, the man.
0: That that was the day we hate, uh, hated Metallica. Oh. Um,
4: oh, Metallica started going downhill somewhere.
0: Uh, yeah, Dave Mustaine, frontman of the heavy metal group Meta- uh, Megadeth, stated oh. that he was inspired by the rabbit scene to write the song "Chosen Ones," which appeared on the band's debut album, "Killing Is My Business."
1: Mm. Business is good. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> no, a good fat So I was Mr. Megadeth growing up, and I didn't know that. What's going on there?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> there you go, yeah.
1: That's cool.
5: Stop! Who would cross the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. Er, the other side he sees. Ask me the questions, bridge keeper. I am not afraid. What is your name? My name is Sir Lancelot of Camelot. What? Is your quest... To seek the Holy Grail. What? Is your favorite color? Blue. Right, off you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's easy! Stop! Who approaches the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. Uh, The other side he sees. Ask me the questions, Bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. What is your name? Sir Robin of Camelot. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What is the capital of Assyria? I don't know that! Stop! What is your name? Sir Galahad of Camelot. What is your quest? I seek the Grail. What is your favorite color? Blue. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. What is your name? It is Arthur, King of the Britons. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What? Is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What do you mean? African or European swallow? Huh? I I don't know that. Who
7: do you know so much about swallows?
5: Well, you have to know these things when you're a king, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to talk about the rubbish ending, then?
4: Yes. I I was just thinking
1: that. Yes. The, only, argued about
4: the only thing that makes me happy about it that I realized last night is that for some reason, my memory of it was that it drew out a lot longer than it did. I was very hmm. happy that it was pretty quick. Like, you know, they went to the castle, they found the French, they got, you know, crap pour- poured on them, they left, and like, that didn't last too, like, I thought, I for some reason, when I remembered it, I thought that it was really drawn out, but... At least the police came, and then boom, done. Mm,
0: so yeah. it was
4: horrible, but at least it was quick. They just pulled the Band-Aid right off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it's one of the things I was always disappointed about uh, both of us in the film, and it, it was uh, Eric Idle's idea. No surprise there. To do that, and in fact, his own daughter's told him that she despises it. It's pure. the fact, they ran out of money. The um, the amount of uh, nights that you see in the background, uh, there were a load of Scottish students from the local university who were being paid four pounds <laughs> a day, and uh, they filmed them all different angles, and it just just wasn't working. Uh, so they they quickly come up with the idea of having the police car come in, and it's not even even an actor who you see smack the camera at the end, that's uh, editor Julian Doyle, um, <laughs> who I was actually supposed to meet at a writing seminar uh, two years ago, but uh, I turned up on the wrong day, which was oh. pretty embarrassing for the people I brought with me, but still, there you go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what that ending reminds me of? Uh, you said, Meds, that you're a fan of Seinfeld, or maybe it was Kel. Kel. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Oh. You know that really crappy ending they had for the entire series when everyone went to jail... <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, That's the kind of ending that this movie has. Mm.
1: Just end, so, it
3: was just an end of weirdness, yeah.
4: yeah.
1: but see I, you know. see, I see, I don't think why they couldn't have done something else. That Teddy Gilliam, why didn't he do an animation at the end or something? If they didn't exactly. have the budget, they should have drew it. Yeah. Mm. You
2: know,
1: you know I, would, I,
0: I would have just had the ending where you see the knights do their uh, second uh, abuse bit. And, where the, and as I'm walking away, I would have had the knights... Abusing them and holding out the grail, waving at them as they walked off, and then just ended it there. Yeah. Because it could have then you could have thought, well, what happens? At least you, then you, you wouldn't do. Oh, that could be a sequel, or that could be something. It's a bit like the Italian job ending with the you know the coach bouncing over. You're yeah. Not too sure what happens. Are they going to get the gold? Are they not going to get the gold? Yeah. yeah but uh, that would have been a, a better idea. So it goes. Oh, we. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. I terrible mean,
4: ending. but maybe they thought that it was just, you know. They, have y'all you know read anything about it like why like was there it was it budget was it it was
0: yes it was it was purely for budget there's a, okay there's a, there's a great book out called um it's the python's biography by the pythons mm. and it's it's explained in there but i think part of it also comes back from the um the Python TV series, where mm. Python was heavily influenced by Spike Milligan, and Spike Milligan never ended his sketches. He'd always suddenly start going, oh, yeah. uh, "What are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do now?" So it's kind of like there was no punchline because, let's face it, the, uh, Python only ever had a couple of punchlines. One was mm. the dirty fork one, and I think that's what they did with the film. It's sort of like as it's going on, it just ends. There's no ending to it, and it, mm. I think part, I can see why they did it, but I can also think that. It mainly comes out as just a massive cop out.
4: Yeah, it just looks lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. But up until then, you know, it's it works. So mm. with that, that's why we like it. That's why we're talking about it. And uh, I think we should do another Cross Pond uh, podcast about uh, Hitchhiker's Guide.
1: Oh yes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> if well, y'all would be up for that, I think yeah. it would be oh, yeah. fun.
1: Yeah, I'll do Hitchhiker's Guide, but not the crap <laughs> film. Come out the other year. I'm sorry. You want the TV series or the radio show? Mm. That's what I'll.
4: Well, I've just read the book and I've seen the film, but I, I would base it on the book. books. Have,
1: have you never saw the the BBC TV series? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. It's the best one ever done. It's got Okay for the budget. 10th for the budget of that film but Marvin in it is the best Marvin and that Marvin at the TV he was in the new film as well as a bit of a homage to him
0: yeah actually mm-hmm. Marvin the, the actor who plays Marvin is the one from the radio series as well so if, you, if you're used to the radio series which is you can pick up on yeah. iTunes
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: uh, definitely worth it. although the TV series does look dated but, uh, but generally nice. we'll watch it we had an idea for another show as well, didn't we? The, the, oh,
4: yeah. Sean of the Dead. <laughs> oh, oh, I would totally do Sean of the Dead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we, we love Sean of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> awesome. For various reasons, but we'll wait. So I think Sean of the Dead would be good, good to do, I think, as well.
2: Do,
1: do, do, do you really want to start me off and talking about zombie films?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not, yeah. I think the we did movie. a zombie promo. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. For we did the z- Necropolis studio um, Age of the Zombies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I
1: am a zombie nut. Got over 100, 100 zombie movies.
2: <laughs>
1: mm. I'm a bit, of, them a bit of <laughs> a bit of a bit obsessive, especially like 70s, 1970s Italian ones. That's what I like.
2: Uh,
4: all right. Well, thank you so much. I'm so excited.
1: We Yo, did a good job, you. I
4: think. <laughs> 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 I hope this will be extremely entertaining to everyone. Yay. <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. <laughs> like do, they're gonna do, just do, appear. Do, do, but that's do, another do. one that I forgot of yeah. uh the things that creep up into normal conversation. Um I've you know, I've finished this task. Yay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I washed yeah. the dishes. Yay. Did,
0: that's one of the one that we used to call up with when we come to come to see a band. That wasn't yeah. very good. We'd go, yay. <laughs> 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 along, along, with, uh, along with our mate who would uh who'd stand there and shout at the top of his voice more,
4: more yeah.
0: but not too much. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, well uh thank you for listening to Anomaly Waffle on Anomaly on <laughs> 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 I,
0: we we've called it Anomaly Waffles on About Holy Grail.
4: Oh, that's a good one. Uh. Good one. <laughs> Anomaly waffles on about Holy Grail. I got, I got it. I like it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Don't say after several glasses of wine though. No.
4: Yeah. I well. <laughs> or tequila. I still have a couple <laughs> hours before that's appropriate, but it is Saturday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can drink Jen's as well. So. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah. Oh, I have to drink for Jen. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim Jim will drink Jen's as well. So you know we we've got it. We've got her back. We've got her back. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Uh, Well, thanks for inviting us uh, along to uh, do this with
4: you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we had fun. And I will cut it off now, and I'm supposed to tell you all that um, if there's any single British guys who would love to come to America, that Stephanie wants to meet them.
1: That's, that's that's most of our mates, isn't it, mates? Uh,
4: well, two of them, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and you but, wouldn't want them coming over looking, do you? Well, <laughs> I don't to be allowed in the country either. So <laughs> that's
0: two, that's two more listeners we've just lost.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you all are so
4: mean to your friends. Oh, <laughs>
0: oh, you that, for 30 years
4: <laughs> Well, that's cool. I really enjoyed talking to you guys, and we'll <laughs> we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, it was fun.
5: Come on, come on, come on, come on! Come on! Come on! Put him in the van. Get him in the van. Come on, back! The right back! Come on! Come on! Come on! That's an offensive weapon. That is. Come on, back with him. Back, right? Come on! All right, Stoney, that's enough. Just peg that in. Nice.